Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast here uh, in Austin. We finally get to do it in person. Jordan Spieth, what's going on? Not much. Yeah, it's uh, finally in person. Yeah, the last, the last one, one. Yeah, tell the story of the last one. Well, the last one, I was at Tiger's event in the Bahamas, which, no offense, but the view is better than what I'm looking at right now. Correct. But uh, uh, I think this will get probably better audio, but uh, it was... I, that was a little more difficult, but that was back in the day when I was recording it like from my iPhone to my iPad, and I was like, "What am I? What are we doing here?" Now we, now we at least got a nice microphone. Set yeah, up you've turned a full studio out of this office. <laughs> well, finish telling the story you were just telling me, so I had to turn the mics on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was just saying my um, my my brother in law is just such a massive no laying up fan, so I was telling him uh, that we're dropping you off at your car and you're coming over. We we're going to do this podcast. I was trying to explain to Annie and. Uh, he was like, yeah, she, she'll never understand. Don't, he's like, I'm such a massive fan. So You've gotten a lot of questions lately. I feel like you're getting a lot of, a lot of press attention. Uh, and I think, and I kind of wanted to talk, kick it off with that, you are very open and honest with the press. You answer questions very, very thoroughly and complete. Do you think that ever works against you? When times when you're not playing your best golf, do you ever get frustrated with how much media requests you get? Uh, yeah, and I've actually gotten less, certainly less requests lately. Um, which I guess is good and bad because typically you get the more, the better you're playing, the more requests you're getting from the media. But at the same time, it's like kind of nice because yeah. uh, I can kind of almost fly under the radar, go about my own business, work my way back where I want to be. But, uh, you know, even when you're playing well, it, once you get to a certain level, it's like everyone's rooting for you, everyone's rooting for you, everyone's rooting. And then you get to a certain level and it's like people want to see something go wrong. It's just like human nature. It's like people want to see the Warriors lose, like mm. unless you're a Warriors fan. Really? You felt that? I, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I no, it's just I, I don't feel that way. Okay. I'm saying the the kind of um I guess nitpicking or the questions even when something isn't really off that can uh that can be a little bit much and almost dissect a little too much. Uh, and almost make you think that things are worse than they are. Uh, it's not like anybody's. I don't. I don't feel that way. I'm not c- comparing myself to the Golden State Warriors. Right. So what I'm saying is, when you get to a certain media exposure, uh, you you know your microphones on you all the time, so you can you can get in trouble easier for saying something. You um, when you play poorly, every shot's shown instead of when you know somebody else just didn't play well, and it's like you just whatever. And so you get questioned about it, and it's. Uh, and you know I'm used to that over over you know a number of years, but it's been about a year since I've really been um, playing the golf that you know I'm accustomed to to playing, and so uh, you can start to maybe let your patience wear thin a little bit. I think is kind of the best way to put it until you start to um, sit back and and fly under the radar yeah. and and literally just get back to the basics and start to work back up and recognize the longevity of a career and that. Um, and, and make kind of the last year or so be, you know, the worst year that you can have and and make sure that you're back and, and better and more consistent in the future. Because I think it can go two ways. There's there's immediate overreaction in the media, ourselves included, we're not excluding ourselves from this, of, you know, a couple bad weeks can be cause for concern. And it's kind of a, it almost seems premature. Whereas a, a longer run of, of not good play is almost, I guess I'm leading into the question, do you think kind of the attention that's been around your play recently or the questions you've been receiving, is it fair? Is it justified? Are they the same questions you're asking yourself? It's, it's a bit different. Um, certainly fair. Uh, but again, you run into comparisons to when you're at your best. That's what I mean by this. When you kind of get into a, a certain level in the spotlight, um, then the, then the expectations and comparisons start to be to you at your best. And it's like, that's not realistic. Uh, unfortunately in our sport, we had somebody that did that. Right. And, uh, everyone in the post tiger world's got to deal. If you have success and, and Rory's dealing with it right now too. Sure. Of course. I mean, 
Roy McIlroy had a Hall of Fame career by the time he was 26, and uh, and yet, you know, he's still talked about as not winning enough. And I mean, without Tiger, you're like talking about, hey, what can this guy still do right. in the history of the game? Uh, which is exactly how the rest of us players look at, you know, Roy McIlroy. But and I'm not saying the comparisons to Tiger. I'm just saying what he was able to do is almost, you know, it's not really human. It um, numbed us to what like a really solid career is. Right. Because right. it's like, all right, oh, I mean, cool, you won three majors? Like, that's cool. That guy yeah. won 14. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, where's Phil Mickelson without Tiger Woods, right? Yeah. That's that's the ultimate. Like, how many more wins does he have? But how is he viewed? Historically, um, yeah. Historically, which his, his view is, I mean, he's looked at, I think, so much... I don't, I hate to say the word more pot. I hate to use more positively, but m- more exciting people are are happier and 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 rooting for him more now than they were probably at you know the Tiger Philly we were split right or not even split right I mean there was just there was there was Tiger and there's everybody else but Phil was right there it, you more just kind of you just have to be very selfish in your views you got to reset goals you got to figure out um, so to answer your original question there it's uh, for me it was. It was physical. Uh, it started with kind of the putter blade, how I was viewing things, uh, and my alignment got off because my eyes were were not seeing what the, where the putter blade was actually pointed, and therefore I couldn't trust it. And then it bled into kind of uh, my full swing, and I just got off and, and set up that then I, I try and fix the wrong things, and I get down this spiral that 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 kind of you know I could go of more inconsistent golf, so I could you know, I've recently, I've been shooting five under and then I shoot four over. It's like, well, I haven't shot this many rounds more than one over par in my career, maybe in my going back to when I was 15 or 16 years old. And, you know, why is that? And it's trying to figure out, you know, um, in other words, I just had to time, I had to time the club better over the past year or so than I've ever had to do. I play with very little rotation through the, through the game. I mean, driver to putter, I play with very little rotation. It's just the way I grew up playing. And, so what got off that made me feel like I had to, I was stuck and had to kind of jerk the face at, at impact. Uh, and, and you just can't do it. Like I'll have one day where I do it well, but then right. the next day I'm not. And I'm like, and it's frustrating because I, I'm, I'm, I probably put more hours in, in the last two years than I did say the last year than, than even when I was playing at my best. And it, that's good and bad. I mean, like maybe you find something that clicks, but at the same time, you can nail in the wrong things too if you're not working right. on the right things. So it's uh it's a it's a funny game, man. It really is. It's it's the greatest game. I mean, I feel that I feel that way right now. I felt I feel that way the day after winning a major. I mean, it's just it's the greatest game because it can be so trying physically and mentally, and you gotta kind of figure out one and the other, and one can boost the other, one can and it's just finding that equilibrium and uh I'd imagine it's very circular in that you can't fake confidence and like good play is going to breed confidence and you can't, you can't just like build up your confidence without the good play. It's kind of sure. And this is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, Cameron, he'll, he'll say, you know, he'll say, Hey man, it looks good. You know, go out, go out confidently, go into that putt cocky. Like I want you telling me after you hit a good shot and I'm like, that looked good. I want you saying, yeah, I know it looked good. Like, of course, you know, it just, and I'm like, I would say that, but the feeling to me, is that it's still not where it needs to be. There's still something slightly off. And we finally got on top of it recently. We finally figured it out. And now it's just a matter of repetitions. And it's, I, I started putting extremely well. I've putted better this year. And uh, even at the players, I think I led the field. And, and it feels, the putting feels back to where, putting and chipping where it needs to be. And it's just kind of now getting into that full swing. And, the, and it's all, it's funny how similar it's all related. Like some, for me, I've never had uh, to work on um, something uh, mechanical in my putting and had it be the same problem in the full swing. That's the uh, the eye alignment you were talking about? Well, yeah, it, it's more of um, that started to cause me to get behind and, and in other words, kind of body get out early and with putter, the, the hands get out and, and ahead early and therefore the club in turn becomes open and behind you and uh it's not a fun way to play the game right uh you play scared pretty much the whole time well you play yeah and 
And yeah, exactly. Because it looms anytime there's any kind of trouble, right? Like my putts would miss right, even though I'm trying to hit them left. There's just nothing until you start to kind of just retrain exactly what it is. And and I would say it was half Cameron, half me just through trial and error to, to get it back. And it's, uh, it feels good. Like I'm, I'm excited. I'm you like, I mean, for a while there, it's like when, when things are off and it, it takes over, like you're sleeping, like you're just, you're like, when you can't figure it out, it's just, I mean, when would you say it started? Uh, you know, it was in 2000, late 2017. I started to not really, um, put the ball really great in that kind of off season fall. And then in 18, I just had a really rough start to the season putting and it started to get better towards the end of the year. I started to figure out a little bit, and then kind of the ball striking got a little bit off in the middle of the season. So I normally have, it's weird. So I normally have one of three swing feels. I have my, what I call my, um, 2000, early 2017 feel or 2017. I played with a very similar swing feel the entire year. I needed to work on the same thing the whole year and I couldn't do, I couldn't do it too much. And, but it was all, it, it was the best. I it was the best I'd ever hit the golf ball. You were second on strokes gained T to green. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah, it was the best I ever hit it. My scoring average was lower than 2015. And in 2017, I was technically a better player in 2017 than 15, although everyone's on results. And so that's that's what you look at. But um, if certain guys um, or I I time my better rounds at different places, my results are technically better there. Um, The idea is to have the lowest scoring average you can possibly have. You want to win the scoring title and results come from that. I have my uh, swing feel I had at Tiger's event in 2014. I played really well. The Masters in 14, a lot of 2014, I played from a swing feel. And then I have my one that I had in 2015. So I have these like three swing feels. And what what are the swing feels? Sorry. Yeah, you know, one of them is like, um, okay, I've gotten really turned inside and almost um, pointed too far to the right at the top. So I feel this kind of like sat back flat laid off backswing and from there it just feels nice and pocketed that was my where i played 2014 a lot from 2015 i had kind of overdone that a little so i try and work this you know rolled open face early get a nice real depth in my backswing and then i need to kind of feel like i'm coming over the top of it from there uh 2017 i played from this real um drag my left arm as low across my body as i can get that left arm nice and flat um, and, and hinge that wrist angle to try and get it back over my head a little bit. My tendency from when I was 12 years old was to take the club, um, out and up and, and lay it off a little bit and then drop it from the inside and hit these big sling and draws. And when I started working with Cameron, it was to try and make that more consistent, closer to one plane, just get it back and through, um, similarly. Uh, but my tendency is always to take it and not quite complete the backswing. And therefore when I don't complete the backswing, uh, the lower body starts a little too quick and my miss is a little spinny, um, right ball, which if you have one miss and it's just short, right, you literally get away with that almost everywhere right. except for 12 at Augusta, which I didn't <laughs> one year because that was my miss. I didn't want to say, it. and, uh, and, and that's just, you know, that I was hitting the ball poorly that week and every other hole you, you know, you run into it, you're fine and that's it. And, and I could, I've played golf that way for a long time. Well, that started to bug me that that was my miss. Well, how do I, how do I compensate? How do I make sure that that miss isn't there? And it would only really come up under pressure because I would get a little too quick and I wouldn't have the patience to complete my backswing. Well, now none of those swing feels worked. And I was trying all three of them, uh, different times through the end of, uh, through the middle to end of last season. And none of them were, were really feeling good through and I wasn't getting consistent ball flights. And so I just had to try and think like, where exactly is it getting off? And I start using video more than I ever have to try and dissect it. And the problem is I'm not a very good instructor. Like I could be a good caddy. Mm -hmm. I'd be a really bad swing coach. You can't because, diagnose yourself. Because I'm looking at it from one viewpoint behind. I'm not looking at it from a face-on view to see that I'm actually almost like stack and tilt, like stacked, and I'm moving forward. And that's what's causing it to look a certain way from behind. Instead, I'm trying to make it look Adam Scott from behind mm-hmm. and and just I like I'm like, but when I make it look Adam Scott from behind, I'm even more stuck, which makes sense if you're stacked and you try and tip it even more. So it's been this kind of, uh, you know, this, this retraining over the last, I would say month, you know, January was rough hitting the ball. And then from then it's been a little better each time. 
and uh and with the putting coming around too and now really figuring out a nice I mean you saw on the range today I was working with Cameron we're just hitting you know same ball flight same ball flight play as many of those draws as you can draw 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 and uh that didn't look like a guy searching for it right now you that was like a, t- a tune-up is what it looked like right yeah. it was uh let's go through the bag I'll let Cameron's like just let's it was dialing distances in yeah. it wasn't working on my swing uh, which is really nice, but it requires a lot of effort right now. So I, I'm, I told Cameron, you know, the best I've ever hit it under pressure was Pebble Beach in, in 2017. I play, I had a three shot lead going into Sunday and I hit all 18 greens regulate. I hit 17 greens in regulation. And the one I missed, I landed by the hole and took one hop over on 13. Uh, but 17 greens in regulation under pressure of having a three shot lead in a, in a PJ tour event is really good given my tendencies in the past. I'd won golf tournaments by making putts uh, or hitting really good chips or wedges. And it wasn't really ball striking that, you know, I left it in the right spots. I'd take advantage when I wanted to, but that wasn't the reason. Well, that was the reason that day. And so I'm like, why, why was that the best? What was, what was different there? And uh, it was, and that week I was hitting 10 to 15 yard draws every shot. I could work a fade if I needed to, but I just, I was dialing it. And, and what that did was anytime I needed to take, you know, 10 yards off of a wedge, and, you know, at Pebble Beach, you got to hit those, you know, 52 degrees from 100 yards sometimes and just, and just punch them into those back pins. And my, the, the transition move was so different from what I was doing, say, three or four months ago. It was the exact opposite. It was a more kind of, compact kind of a like a like a triangle shape coming down where the club was always in front of me it was closed it was square early kind of steve strickerish kind of steve strickerish but more of like a more of like a early closed face to where i like to play from hold i like holding my left wrist through my grip is a little bit weaker um i lo- so if i can get that club set early it and it's in front of me it's already there well, that's the opposite of it being behind me and open and it, and I don't have to rotate the face. There's one person who's played unbelievable golf, having a lot of club face rotation and that's tiger through his career, which I think makes it even more difficult yet. He still did it yeah. at the level he did it, which is insane mentally under pressure to be able to control more, especially putting. He has probably twice the amount of rotation on a putter blade, uh, than I do putting, really any distance and to be able to control that at uh under the the highest amount of pressure on some of the greens you know augusta greens or whatever is even more insane than what he's already looked at you know it's but anyway it's it's just been this this process of kind of reversing the body the body movement the i I mean i'm loading better now and it's just it's more free-flowing and but it requires a significant amount of effort right this second so repetition will just make that start to start to be normal. Well, it sounds like what you're talking about there, you were, you had a lot of repetition, but you were just kind of pounding in the wrong fundamentals. Exactly. And now you're trying to overcome like new muscle memory in that regard with repetition. Do you, it sounds like to me also, you feel way more comfortable standing over the ball this month in March than you did in January. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, I, yes. Yeah. I could, I could go into (laughs) um, negativities, but that's, that doesn't do me any good at this point. It's, it's I feel I feel great. I feel very positive. Um, whether results come soon, whether they come later, it's like I am doing the right things that will bring me back. And I'm the 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 clubs in front of me, the putting's back. It's just a you know to me, I look at it as a matter of time and and playing the golf course the right way instead of you know when you don't feel great, you try and force it, force stuff, and just giving myself as many opportunities. You know, green and red kind of stat is is what I'm looking at now. A quick break here with some exciting news from our friends at Callaway. Now listen, in my opinion, I think Callaway leads the league in golf ball technologies that give golfers more of what they want to help shoot lower scores. And if you listen to the last episode, I'm all in on these Chrome Soft Truvises that I've been playing. The ball is long, feels fantastic, greenside spin is perfect, and for whatever reason, my eye just loves looking at the soccer ball pattern. But now I'm tempted because I'm stoked to hear that Callaway just announced they're putting their innovative triple track technology on the Chrome Soft X. If you're not familiar with it, triple track uses three parallel lines on the cover to, to help you aim your putts accurately. Phil Mickelson asked Callaway to put triple track on his Chrome Soft X earlier this year. He immediately shot 60 in the desert, then won a couple weeks later at Pebble Beach. So now you, me, all of us can be like Phil. 
we can play a Chrome Soft X with Triple Track. I guarantee I will, because if Triple Track is helping Phil putt better, I'm guessing it'll help golfers like me and golfers like you putt better. Find out more about Triple Track and Chrome Soft X at CallawayGolf.com and order online or pick up a dozen at your golf shop starting April 19th. Let's get back to our interview with Jordan Spieth. At that time, uh, I think it was in January, you talked about being comfortable, being uncomfortable over the ball or something along those lines. I was just, I want to pick your brain on that. What does that mean? Or what is that? What, what did that, uh, do you, do you still feel that way? Have you gotten over that? Or is that something you're still dealing with? Yeah. You know, being comfortable over the ball for me, is it's, Hey, when I stand over it with a six iron, does that club look to me like it's when I get set up, is my setup proper? I think it's, I think it's the the number one thing, and I've been asked this multiple times, what's the number one thing that Tiger Woods has done over the course of his career that's different from other players that allows for that success other than just the the mental side, other than you know, the big putts, the being able to hit it longer and straight. What I what I say is I've never seen him get over a shot where he looked uncomfortable. Like his fundamentals have been so sound for 40 years. I mean, so sound that, I mean, that's honestly the, the biggest reason we get off is just a, the smallest thing, whether it's I'm lined up too far left and I'm looking too far right, or I'm the opposite or ball position got moved a little bit back because I was playing on, you know, wet ground in the wind last week. It's these little things that then you get into swing problems, from, but it's always because of those, that basic setup and his has just been rock solid for 40 years. And from there, it makes it easier and I, to, to stay consistent and to make his swing changes. What, you know, whatever he needs to do, uh, it just it makes it easier for him. What I think historically, and I've, I've pounded this drum for many years, that your, your ball striking has just been historically underrated. And people think that you've won. You even mentioned it there. You said you've won events with putters. But I think you're, the way you hit the ball is kind of underrated. People almost seem most concerned about your putting right now, but you don't sound really concerned about the putting at all. And the stats don't show that you're having a, a poor putting season this season at all. No, and and it's uh, no, and and unmeasured rounds for me are the North Course at Torrey Pines this year, the first two rounds at Pebble, where they're on other courses that aren't measured at Pebble Beach, and I was plus you know five at Torrey, I was plus three at these others. So it's unmeasured rounds. So if you take them all into consideration and I try, I did a lot of looking like I'd go on the PJ tour app after my rounds last year. And I would, I would look at all the strokes gained and it's, that's not a good thing to do mid tournament. It's like you're beating yourself up over it. it, it, Either beating yourself up or you're like, it's just, you know, it's just another thing of comparison versus, why don't I just get out there and I, my next shot just hit a, just hit a perfect shot. And then my next shot after that, just hit a perfect shot. It's like, it's comparison to statistics. It's like that's stuff you do at later. Like it's stuff I don't even do. Like just let Cameron do that. Yeah. And he'll ask me, he'll, he won't say, Hey, this was really good last week. We don't need to work on this. Or this was poor last week. We need to work on this. It's this shot on six on the second round from 75 yards would happen there. And I might, and because I maybe missed the green and it threw off my approach or my wedge numbers from, and I'll be like, yeah, look, I mean, it was a, it was a tough shot. The wind kind of gusted up. I hit it the way I wanted to. And it just landed just short and spun off the green into a tough spot. It was a wind gust, you know, whatever. And so we do a good job of not just using the, but actually analyzing into those stats to be like, okay, well then there's a stroke that, that, I didn't actually, you know, lose based on anything I could control. It was out of your control, which, you know, a lot is in golf. But this year I feel, uh, especially kind of players on, I mean, each week's been better with the putter. And I really found something that freed me up massively inside 10 feet um, at the players. And it's just going to be a, a continuation of, of that and should be in good shape. I mean, I feel like games rounding in form right in time. This is the start of my season. <laughs> well, well, so we have, we have a, a long running joke on the podcast that like whoever, as soon as you come on, you play really well right after it. So I can totally see exactly what you're up to by, by doing this now. But I annually, I pick you to win the masters every year. I've just said, I'm blindly going to pick you to win the masters for the next 20 years. 
should I be at all concerned with my people have given me? They say, hey, <laughs> do you want to opt out of your pick? We'll give you a pass. And I said, no, I'm sticking with it. Should I? Are you confident in my in my pick to for you to win the Masters? I, I feel great about that golf course every time I play it. I love it. I, I find something new, a different angle, a different break that I learn more. And stuff just kind of sticks to me better um, around there because there's more to think about. And because I... Th- I think so much about the course on every shot. I think about, you know, the, you're off this extremely uneven lie. This is the best miss. This is that. And, and you, you just get out of your own way. I do. It's there. Not, it becomes less swing technical. It's it like becomes a, so feel yeah. based and you just kind of, you're just working club face and tempo. And, you know, obviously on the T balls, you know, you gotta, you gotta be put in the right spot, but it's not an extremely challenging golf course off the tee. You need a few 11. It's nice if you put the ball in the fairway, but and you know the par fives, you want to hit some good drives. But uh, overall, it's not the most demanding off the tee. Um, you can get away with a subpar performance there as long as the you know the approach shots and and are on and around the greens are nice. But do you, I was gonna say, do you light up when you see those greens? For some reason, I feel like that you're just so dangerous when you put those greens more so than any other place in the world. Yeah, I just they just require so much um, so much touch, and I feel like that's just a, a strength I have. Uh, I work hard on it. It's not something that just came to me. Uh, I believe I've had good hands, good touch, but we have good drills and a really good plan that goes into that week every year. Is it Has this year's preparation for the tournament been any different? Are you going about things the same way you always have the last several years? Yeah, I think uh, it's the same way. And, and the only thing I can really control is the amount of balls I'm hitting, planning my schedule, uh, and then what I'm doing in the gym to you know to get strength but then maintain energy. Uh, so I'm doing a very similar schedule to what I've done in previous years. I normally play, I like, you know, second, third week in a row is normally where I play better golf, sometimes a fourth in a row. And I'm, I'm starting on a four week stretch here. Uh, I plan on playing Hilton head after Augusta too. Uh, these are courses or tournaments that, you know, match play allows me to play with more freedom on what I'm working on, which is great when I'm in this kind of last phase of trial and error, you know, things are starting to feel really good. Um, you can have a lot more commitment in match play. Cause if it goes poorly, it's like, Hey, I lost well, the hole, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of uneven lies, similar to Augusta out here. Yeah. And, and, and you know, they make these, uh, they overseed here and next week and the grass type is pretty similar to Augusta too. You clearly have to work in the wind a little bit better and the greens putt different, but, um, being in Texas, I like that you know, this Bermuda's out here and the windy conditions, you know, match play, you never know. I mean, it's just, you can be, you can play, I can play great this week. It could be disguised as two losses and a win and you're going home and it's like two guys just played great. But, um, for me, that won't bother me at all this week. I'm, I'm literally focused on myself and progress. And I think that's the way to go about it to, to be best prepared for, for the masters for sure. You have obviously the the one green jacket and the three close calls. Do you, what do you think more about the one that you won or the ones that have gotten away? I it's more like the most recent year I think about. Uh, Twenty eighteen was so weird. I don't know. How, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was how a you weird one about that one. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird one because I was in control at the beginning, and then I just had two poor middle rounds, and then I came in just with freedom on Sunday. I was like nine back. It's like, hey, well. You know, I've never I've never played a Sunday at Augusta where I can just be as as free as possible with no you know if I finished fortieth you know whatever but I can shoot six seven under eight under around this place I've done it before and then the Sunday pins are so exciting because you actually can do that I mean you just get in control of the ball it's the easiest day to do that I think and uh, just started out so well and and by you know, what was it? I, I birdied 12. And when I birdied 12, I think I was at like six on the day. And I thought to myself, you know, I've got a chance here because Patrick's going for his first Rory's going for the slam. There's just a little extra going on behind us. And I have all people know what can happen. And the start of that back nine is tough. And you could have somebody go a couple over on those holes. And, and so it was just just play the course the way it's supposed to be played coming in. And I want to hear more about, and I guess we got to hear a decent amount of it, the conversation you and Greller had uh, on your shot on 13. You're in the pine straw. Yeah. And like you you wanted to hit hybrid. I wanted to hit four iron. You wanted to hit four iron. He wanted I, to hit hybrid. Yeah, I wanted to hit four iron. I thought it was the right number for that club. 
I wanted to, I, I don't, I don't hit it. It didn't play for a draw. It just looked like a fade to me. Uh, playing a draw there, you're now drawing it away from the hole. You're, uh, you got to start it over the water. It's off pine straw. You don't know if it's going to spin or come out a little jumpy. So the amount that that curves changes massively on like a four iron or a hybrid. And when I wanted to play fade, he, he really thought it was hybrid. He's like, look, if you hit it long, you can get that up and down all day. You just, you just can't be short. So I listened to him there and I, I hit the hybrid and I thought it was long and actually pitched pretty far short of the hole and ran up there, uh, ran up and stayed short of the pin. Uh, but when it let, you know, when I hit it, it was, it was right on the right line. And I'm thinking to myself, it's gotta be the right club playing a cut with that hybrid, but it cut up there and man, I just wish I put a better putt on it. It's like the only one that day I'm like, man, I just, I know, I know that that I just looks like it doesn't break, but I've seen too many people start this in the center and miss it to the right. I'm just going to put this out left and it just, it just didn't move. But, uh, where was your tee shot on 18 going to go if it didn't hit that branch? So I necked it. I, I hit it way off the heel playing fade. So it wasn't a hook. It just, I got out in front of it and hit it so far off the heel, you know, it just twists the face. It was going to be, I think short of the left bunker, over in the left rough, totally in play and, and going to be yeah. Is it, one I, it would have been it would have been it would have taken a impressive shot to get it on the correct tier from there to have a putt out. There's no chance I could have been inside of 20 feet, but it was likely a, a much easier par than. But I ended up having four feet for par. But uh, I it was I wasn't in great control of the driver that day. I had awesome control of everything else, and I'd played like draw, 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 and then you know that one you got to hit a fade. And I'm like. You know, I'm seeing the right shot, but I'm also like, hey, all you got to do is give yourself a chance here. I'm at nine under, and if I get it on the green right now, the thing's going in. <laughs> and uh, and I think I just kind of didn't quite zero in enough. You know, I had the right thought process, but I'm like, it was a little protective to, you know, squeaking out, fading to the right, being a little late, just knowing my tendencies. And so I just kind of overcorrected a little bit and got out in front on the heel and uh, took a branch down with it, but played the hole well from there. And I mean, I had hit one Thursday or th Friday or Saturday that was going at the, there's a, there's a bathroom to the left of eight, 18. That's way, I, I hit one over by there and made double earlier in the week on the hole. Um, so it wasn't going that far left. I, I know, I know what really far left is there. And that one was just hanging up the left side. What, if anything, what what would you say the main things you learned from 2016 are? Uh, you know, I think the what I learned the most was how much input people put on a certain hole versus the entirety of 72 holes or how one-sided uh whether it's the public or the media's view is on something without actually diving into the details of why or what happened it's like i didn't choke i legitimately was missing every shot short right and it wasn't like the moment was too big for me i just won the week, the year before and however other many other tournaments i had already won earlier that season it wasn't like i got here and the moment got the best of me it was like no, I, I just legitimately had this thing wrong in my swing. I hit it right on 11, had to punch out, um, hit it right on 10, had to punch out. Like when the pressure was on that day, I was hitting the ball horribly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't overprotect to hit it left. I made the same mistake of hitting it right, which you can't do, but it wasn't because of it was Sunday at Augusta. It's like, no, it was just like, I just was, I was just hitting it that bad. And unfortunately that's just not the way it, it can be or would be looked at no matter, you know, what I say, who I say it to, which is okay. Like it is what it is. I don't look at myself as not able to close because, um, I've done that plenty of times before and after. So it's like, that's what makes it weird. It's backwards. It's like you won it the year before and then the disaster happens the next yeah. year. If it was the other way, it'd have been the greatest master story well, ever. And if you look at, so 2017, I made a nine on number 15, but it wasn't Sunday. So yeah. nobody really even talks about that, but that was as bad or worse because that was a wedge in my hand in the fairway that I hit like two of them where I shouldn't have. 
Well, I I want you to kind of like yeah. <laughs> it's like and 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 I was in the second to last group Sunday there, um, and I think that was maybe Friday, uh, and so without that hole on in 2017, I'm in the lead starting the final round, which is actually a better starting position on Sunday than I was in 16. So it actually would have looked technically on Sunday's full round would have looked worse. So it's just like, it's funny how the viewpoints change based on, but like, and I, and I, some guys, you know, they, they get under pressure and, and they play worse and, and they, and it's because of the pressure, but like, and, and that's actually everybody to start out until you learn how to cope with it and you learn your tendencies and you learn. And so for me, it wasn't that at all. It really wasn't like, I remember the way I felt it was, I just, I just simply ran into a few holes where you just can't miss it right in a row after nine holes in a row where you can. And, uh, and it just, it just got the best of me. Yeah. I mean, your lead was similar in 15 as it was 16, right. but your, your comfort level just seemed so much different. You just weren't, it wasn't totally there. I think Cameron flew in the night before. Is that right? Yeah. Before Sunday. Cause you just weren't quite fully there from a technical standpoint. Yeah. I mean, right? when you're leading the masters going into Sunday and you f- fly your coach in, <laughs> alarm bells yeah i mean and it's not like i created those in my head right like, because i especially given the year before it's like i mean if it, if it were anywhere close to, to solid i'm sitting there going okay well this is just sunday jitters at the masters that i've had every year you know even in 2014 you know it's the same deal it's like no i mean like i really need you to come in because the ball is going right and i need to figure out why and uh it was just it was too late but uh you know, it was, it was a really good effort afterwards. You know, it's like to have a chance there towards the end was, was awesome. I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was the the coolest moment other than walking up 18, knowing I was going to win the second coolest moment I've had at Augusta wasn't in eight, wasn't in, it wasn't last year during the eight under it wasn't, um, during the final round wasn't, um, even any other moment in 2015. It was legitimately in 2016 when I walked after birding 15 from 15 to 16 T and everyone just started to rise. And they were, I mean, like, I just felt like the world was rooting for me to come back. Yeah. And, uh, and I felt like I could do it even, you know, despite what had happened earlier in the round. And I mean, it was just, I mean, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. It was the, it was like one of the coolest moments I'll ever have in golf. I mean, whenever you do decide to write the book about your master's history, like that's going to be a bestseller. I mean, you just, you're 25 or 26, 25, you're 25 and you've had like a career's worth of experiences there. It's, it's nuts on that Sunday as well. I remember on a, it was dialed up even, even more how much you were going back and forth with Greller, how much you guys are conversing. You seem to, and I watched you with Cameron today, just kind of you seem to be always soliciting feedback. And on TV, that could kind of, some people can take that as you're complaining or you're, or, or some kind of, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but how do you kind of view the way you approach your game? You're always talking through shots. You're always looking for back and forth. What is that kind of dynamic like between you and Michael and you and Cameron? Yeah, ideally less is better. Uh, you're, when you're more dialed, you're speaking less. Is that? Yeah. yeah. When I'm, and especially whether I'm more dialed or I feel more dialed. I mean, there, I mean all I need to do is just feel dialed. And what I mean by that is I feel in control of my swing. You're still going to strike the ball poorly certain days because of timing or whatever. But like today on the range, it's like, I'm interested in what and how much the wind was actually affecting it. Or most importantly, where exactly I was lined up because I need that to match. If you, if I'm, that's been my biggest issue is I'm, I'm looking in the wrong place and I'm lined up in a different place. And then from there, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where I'm actually, I'm all of a sudden my path and face are different to, uh, the actual, um, target versus where I'm lined up. It, it, it's just inconsistent. Right. So, um, you know, in the 2016 masters, one thing I took out of that was I played slow and it was, it was frustrating. Anything that I watched, it was, it was frustrating for me. Now I was, like I mentioned, really struggling with my swing so much so that it would be similar to somebody being in like 35th place putting really well, but I happen to be leading Augusta, which then required, like if I'm in 35th place at Augusta, I'm not going to take as much time. Right. But when you're leading and you feel that poorly about the way you're striking, it was a unique position to be in. You had band-aided it together to that point. Yeah. yeah. It's a unique, because I'm like, oh crap, I'm somehow here uh, with how I feel with the way I'm striking the ball. But they didn't make, they didn't give me confidence in my striking. Instead, it's like, 
now my, you know, your blood pressure's higher, your heart's pounding harder, and, and you're still trying to figure out. Well, sure, but, yeah. but you know, and uh, but it was still it was frustrating to watch. And so I've I've really tried to speed up play the last few years. That was something that kind of annoyed me about that was, uh, and it wasn't what anyone else says. It was more like when I play reactive golf, I play better, whether I'm hitting the ball poorly or not. Selfishly, it's better for me to play faster. Uh, if that, and I do, I think everybody would likes that anyways, you know, faster plays better, but, um, I don't even remember your original question. I just started going off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember it either. Just kind of, but just about how much you talk on the course. Yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. Different than yeah. Most players. Yeah. Do, so I the think. more I'm talking, the more kind of, I want to say uncomfortable I am about it, the situation. Like I haven't had Michael read a putt for me in maybe six, seven months. Like he's maybe stepped in on one or two putts that are kind of tricky six footers that could go either way. Um, but for a while I had him like looking over and talking to me and talking through like three footers, because again, it goes back to this vision thing. I'm like that putter blade looks dead shut to me mm-hmm. on from three feet. It looks like I'm going to miss the whole left. And then I hit it and I miss the whole right. And I'm like, what the heck is going <laughs> on here? And, uh, so I'm like trying to get him to be like, Hey, you're good. You're good. Just stroke it where you're looking, you know, whatever. It was actually this whole caddy alignment thing would have been really useful if I actually <laughs> did it last year on my putting, but, um, less is more. I, I, I am ideally doing less. I've also had a microphone on every single round for, and I feel like I talk more than others, but not significantly, not as much as it may be portrayed. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, no. it's, um, well, Tron is going to make me ask, is, is, is Greller an alpha? He, <laughs> do you guys ever talk about this? <laughs> you know, he's, it's funny. His, his personality as a caddy couldn't be further from how he is as a player. Okay. He's the guy that'll throw a club. He's the guy that'll start walking before he even hits it, whether it's going in or it's missing. He goes through these, he goes through these emotional, confident swings like nobody I've ever seen when he plays golf. He'll, he'll get to where, and his stroke, Cameron calls it the second worst stroke he's ever seen in his life. He actually, he closes the blade going back and opens it as he comes through. And, uh, and he's so scrappy in the way he plays, but then he'll, he'll get in these streaks where he'll make a couple like six, seven footers. And then the guy will make, will walk in 30 footers, but then he'll by four holes later, he's missed one from three feet. And he can't hit the hole from, off the deep you know, it's like, so we'll play practice when I'm by myself and I'll have these, uh, like I, at the players, I played nine holes, one of the evenings by myself. And so I get, I give Michael a putt from three to six feet, every hole, even money for 50 bucks, every hole. And I put it somewhere and I, I'm put giving him all different ones or whatever. And he'll miss the first six in a row. And then he'll make the last three, including you know, this last time he was, he missed the first five. All I had to do was give him an uphill right to lefter and he didn't have a chance, but left to right, he can make, you know, cause really? he, he kind of pulls it more than kind of pull cut. And, uh, pull he didn't have a chance. Yeah. He didn't have a chance on the, um, but that might've been what messed up your putting man. Was yeah, I putt. man. And, uh, so we get to number eight. And I'm like, all right, I'll give you three to one. And I give him about a 15 footer uphill left to right, right in the middle. And he wanted it for a hundred. So now he's up. I said, you're not, I, do it again. Same spot, three to one, same thing. Does it again. Third time, does it again. I'm like, I'm leaving the screen. I mean, I just, I just, I mean, I'm getting smoked. <laughs> like I just, I was, we had, you know, I was playing my own ball, playing a game against him with par as, you know, as uh, even par or half a, half a stroke under par. If I go anymore, I, I make money. If not, he does. And he just, he just went and just pretty much threw that game out the window and just absolutely smoked me there. And that's just how he is. But as a caddy, he's unbelievably even keeled. And he actually has been since rookie year which is amazing to me because that was such a different position for him. Like for me, it was, yeah, very different using exemptions, trying to get status on the PGA tour. It was different, but I had played in PGA tour events before I'd, I'd been playing in, you know, big tournaments my whole life. It was a step up, but for him, it was like, man, I caddied in the summer times. I caddied for, Ju- he caddied for Justin in a couple of us amateurs, me in a, in a us open and a us junior. Uh, but how even keeled he is and how chill he is 
is not alpha-like in a good way. He's, he's, his personality is absolutely perfect for a, a player on the golf course. It's just funny because I know inside after playing with him, I'm like, man, if you were in my position, you would be like, like I think I'm overreacting, and you'd, I feel like you'd be another level on either side, the good or the bad. You'd be the cockiest, and then the most upset ever. It's uh, it's just funny um, how he's able to kind of change who he is uh, out there. And it's, I mean, in in the big moments, I feel as much confidence as him as I would anybody else. Hmm. All right, a couple more. I'll let you get out of here. I'm taking up more. I I smell dinner starting to be cooked here in the house. <laughs> but we got to talk about the Ryder Cup. Some the first question I have is regarding kind of the, some of the drama that happened uh, on the back half of it and afterwards, could you sense that that building up while you're there or during that week that you did, that uh, there was going to be some drama unfolding? No, I, I, no, I don't think so. It was, uh, I felt like everybody went into it. It felt a lot like the President's Cup in 17. It, it felt pretty light. It felt as light as any Ryder Cup had felt that I had been a part of. You know, I think people were, were trying to figure out people were trying to figure out the pairings. There was a, you know, some new guys, there were some, you know, I don't think Brooks and DJ were going to go, which, you know, you left two guys playing at the top of the world. Uh, who do you pair them with? Pretty similar styles of game. And then, you know, Tiger obviously being in there and him uh, being in the, the pod with, or fire squad, whatever we call it with, uh, with me and, and Justin and Patrick. Um, it was, how is this going to mix and match? Who's going to play with who? What format? So I think we're. I think there was a little bit of like a, a little bit of a hesitation on pairings, but other than that, I mean, off the course, it was it was fantastic, and and I felt like everyone had trust. We had so many guys in form. Everybody, I mean, really everybody except I, myself was playing well going into it, and uh, I mean, I think by DJ standards, he had finished maybe twentieth one week, so that's that's pretty low for yeah, him. Big slump. But, uh, so no, I guess before you and Patrick hugged it out at Farmers, had you guys spoken at all before that? And is it totally bygones be bygones with everything that happened? There? Yeah, we hadn't. I'd seen him at Sony, I think, for the first time, and I was just like, "Hey, man, how you doing? You know, Happy New Year." And he said the same back, and that was about as far as it went. And then uh, I knew we were going to get paired at some point, and I knew the tour was trying not to pair us um, just for the. And then, of course, we get paired on like a Saturday or whatever it was. and Can't control that. So I, we had I had ideas on what to do. It was, uh, I think, my I, one of my ideas was to give him a hug, and that's the one Michael voted for. He's like, this is the one you got to do. I can't remember my other ones. It was maybe like, a, like I was going to fake the handshake and pull it back and um, <laughs> just try and blow it up even more. And uh, But I think that was... It was kind of, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing's been different since. Nothing was really different that week. It's like, it, and w- even when we do play together, we're both still trying to beat each other up. So it's like... I remember you saying that last time you were on, is when you guys are playing a match against others, you guys are trying to beat each yeah, we're other. We're trying to get the credit yeah. for the match. Yeah. And we're trying to play better than the other, even an alternate shot. Right. We're like, I'm like, like, we'll literally say things to each other, like, thanks for putting me behind that tree. Like... M- why don't you hit a fairway? You know, like something like that. Or, uh, so it's, it's, it's a totally different scenario than what you'd probably expect out of a, out of a pot. But it, you know, for me, it was, I'd, I'd grown up with Justin and we'd always dreamt of playing a match together. So when, when I got asked, it was, man, it'd be really cool for at least one of the matches. If, if I was able to play with Justin, just cause we've always wanted to do it. Like, look, the Ryder cup is the Ryder cup. It's everybody looks at it as, you know, a ma- we, we, we approach it like a major championship, if not more so, uh, even put it on a higher pedestal. But at the same time, it's, I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to not play with Justin for 20 years of playing in the Ryder cup and be like, man, I mean, these are, don't want to call it exhibition, but like, these are like, these should be really fun too. Even with the intensity that we, that we go into them with, like how cool would it be to play with one of your best friends that you grew up since you were 14, 13 traveling the world with. And all of a sudden we both, you know, are able to, to do what we love to do, get on tour, become, you know, major champions. 
how awesome would that be for us to be able to team it up for our country in the biggest event that golf offers in the Ryder cup? Like, it's just like a, I was like, man, it'd be whether it happens this year or not. Like I'd love to play with them and that they came out with, with those pairings and that's what we went with. And me and Justin played great. I mean, it was, right. it was a blast. I mean, we had so much fun. Uh, and then, you know, the, the drama that happened after is just, you know, I think Jim did it. Jim, I think Jim did an awesome job. I think Jim did a great job as a captain. I think he, he was a, he was a player's captain and he has to be the one to sit on the sword. And it's like, it's not him. Like we just didn't play well. It's like that simple. It wasn't because there was drama. It was like, look, if you had a, if you, if you, if this were a 72 hole event, there would have been, you know, a couple Americans in the top 12 and the other 12 spots would have been the Europeans. And they just played better that week. The course was set up so well for them. They did a great job of that. They found where, you know, our our issues were in our games and where their advantages were. And they took advantage and and we've we did the same thing a couple of years before. Yeah. It's just you've got to be able to overcome that, compensate for that, and hit the right shots and and make the putts. And and they just did that more than we did. It's that simple. Like they just outplayed us. Yeah, I think the drama definitely unfolded because of the poor play. It wasn't necessarily that the the other way around. Sure. Yeah. I mean, on Sunday, I mean, I I lost my singles match and I played really poorly. I played way worse than I did with Justin. And there's no question that having a partner where where in the same way when I've played with Patrick, I mean, by Sunday, it's like a letdown playing a singles match because you just get this, you're so fired up to play with a partner. We never get to do it. You're feeding off each other. You're high five. Like Patrick like broke my hand in 2016 when he held out that wedge that. on like number six. I mean, I, I went, I mean, he like, I mean, he was, I mean, it was just, it's so much fun playing with a partner that I have a hard time. I've had a hard time on the singles days of stepping up with the with the same kind of intensity, it's something I need to work on for our teams going forward. Um, should I be so fortunate to 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 make as many as I can? It's it's uh, you know I feel I feel like I let the team down there and in it being going out pretty early and and having a chance to put red on the board there in 2014 um, that really could have made an impact. So that that hurt at the end of that, but personally, but. I knew I wasn't playing well going in. Um, I, I wasn't in form. I was working my hardest to be as good as I could be and um, and, f- and really just had an awesome time that week no matter what. Uh, there's nowhere to hide on that golf course if you're not if you're not striking it very well. <laughs> that was a cre- that was pretty much the wildest setup I'd seen. That 17th hole, that fairway looked like it had been moved in. And I'm sure that it, people will say that it wasn't moved in, but that was the smallest fairway for a 485-yard hole I've ever seen, yeah. I think. Yeah, with the rough growing India. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That's quite a challenge. All right, we're going to let you get out of here, man. Uh, let you eat some dinner. Thanks for taking Good. the time and finally getting the, making this happen. Uh, best of luck this week at Match Play and uh, that tournament uh, over in Georgia yeah, in a couple thank weeks. thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.